Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonya McQueen, with Your Mind, Your Body, Your Choice. I hope all you beautiful women that are mothers, grandmothers, aunties that help raise kids, sisters that help raise your siblings, whatever it is, I hope your Mother's Day was blessed and beautiful. I actually cried a lot on Mother's Day because... I'm always overwhelmed with the blessings and the love I receive from my husband and my kids. So um, I, I do want to start with the Mother's Day. I have a 31-year-old, and if you see me, you'd be like, well, girl, you're 31 yourself. I know, I know. But for a child that does not live near you, she lives in the Kansas City area, and I'm in Florida, of course, she texted me and said, Happy Mother's Day. I say this every year, but I'm sure it never stops being true. You're the best mother anyone could ever imagine. If I could take the world, fold it up, and hand it to you, I would. You're smart, driven, poised, lovable, loyal, brave, patient, kind, like if I keep going, the message would never, ever end. Not even saying this because you're my mom, but you're the best person I know. I really like you, and I really, really, really love you. Happy Mother's Day. You deserve it all. Of course, I cried like a baby for a moment because there's no better gift than the gift of love from your children. There's no better gift. They bought me a computer, a new laptop, so that um, my computer I have now that I'm still using today is ancient. So it takes a long time for me to be able to do these podcasts for it to upload. So they bought me a brand new computer and said they want to feed into my passions. You know, that's beautiful. My husband, I've been complaining about my oven, and anybody who knows me knows that kitchen stuff is the best gift you could ever give me you know, ever give me, um, crock pots, um, what is that, air fryer, rice cookers, steamers, fryers, all that stuff. I love that kind of stuff because I love to cook, and I absolutely love to bake. I'm an excellent baker, if I do say so myself. So I love kitchen stuff. Generally, that's what I ask for. Um, so my husband had got me a brand new washer and dryer and a new fridge and a new range and that made me cry. I was so overwhelmingly happy but nothing can replace those words I just read to you. You could take that oven back. You could take this fridge back, that dryer, that washer, this computer, all these gifts, the flowers I got like two, three sets of flowers. Um, the phone calls, the text messages. When your child tells you that they like you, how awesome you are and have been, and that they love you, game over. Game over. Nothing's better than knowing you in your trials and your errors, because I had my own, in your lack thereof, in your shortcomings. Your children still love you to the moon and back. Nothing can make you feel better than knowing that. And I know that my kids love me. I don't think it. I know. We communicate every day. 
every single day we have a group text message now tell you something I was a mom mom I wasn't a friend mom I was one of those moms I would dare you to stump slam a door roll your eyes any of that stuff any of that stuff you ain't gonna curse around me you're not gonna talk to me crazy I'm your mom we're not friends we're not hanging out we ain't drinking together we're not smoking you're not having sex in my none of that I was a mom mom and the same 31 year old daughter who sent me that I'll never forget a couple years after she graduated from school she sent me a letter told me when she was growing up she thought her friends were lucky and I believe I said this on another podcast but you know her friends the mothers fathers whomever allowed them to drink or you know smoke weed or smoke and have sex and all that and she was like man you know my mom don't allow any of that none of it but some of those same friends you know they've lost their way and what happens also is they have no respect for those parents that raised them as friends and not parents because they had no real guidance so if you're out there today and you're raising your children as a friend and not as a parent you're not doing anything good for them we all want to be liked and loved but sometimes we got to take that hard shot that hard eye roll behind our backs that middle finger coming up while they're in their room and we're in another room because they're angry that we're being parents and it's okay because in the end they'll appreciate it and I don't mean beating them yelling at them cursing them none of that is necessary well sometimes you got to spare the rod but still you 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 can't be nasty and abusive and think that that's going to pan out either find your middle ground and just be a good parent so what I wanted to talk about today was funeral for the living about eight years ago it's 2022 yeah eight years ago nine years ago wow I moved to Florida and when I moved to Florida um, one of my siblings like I loved this sibling to the moon and back I loved him more than I loved myself he was my best friend um, I learned a lot from this sibling I, I it's just amazing how much I looked up to to this person so but when I moved here not initially but after I was here a year or two this sibling stopped talking to me and I didn't know why and I would call and call and text and text and no reply no reply no reply no reply and I didn't know why and I would ask family members you know the ones that were talking to me do you know why they're not talking to me and no no you gotta ask them but a couple of them I knew they were lying to me so you know I just kept wondering and kept wondering and it hurt so bad and, and I mean it hurt so bad I would cry and couldn't sleep at night and had anxiety and depression behind it and um, some of you know uh, I'm an author you know I've written a couple of books that I had pulled from the shelves and I had writer's block real bad we're gonna move forward from when this person first stopped talking to me about four years later that was 2015 about they stopped talking to me so you got 2016 2017 2018 2019 2020 sometime in 2020 late 2020 
you guys are tired of this name I know but I reached out to Miss Paula just to check on her see how she was doing and she asked me have you been writing lately and you gotta know Paula stalks me if you don't know that by now I know she stalks me I don't know how she does it because she lives in Kansas City area but and I live in Florida but she knows stuff about me that nobody else knows and I do mean nobody else knows I don't put stuff on social media I don't tell my business to people but she was like have you been writing lately and I was like wow I've been trying but I have serious writer's block she says to me there is somebody that you were really really close with that you're not close with anymore and I don't know if you know why but you need to contact that person and either ask for forgiveness or let them know that they're forgiving I don't know who's wrong I don't know what happened I'm not sure but you will not be able to write until you do that okay as always I'm in shock because she doesn't know that I have a problem with my sibling then she says I think there's two people I think there's two people you need to reach out to before your writer's block. Now I'm crying, right? I'm crying because, once again, this lady who's been stalking me through God's eyes knows that there are two people in my family I have a serious problem with, and or they have a problem with me, and um, I've just been depressed and sad about it. So she said, until you contact them, and I don't mean, it doesn't have to be verbally, it doesn't have to be via text, it can be a letter, it can be anything, but until you do that, you're going to have your writer's block. You're going to not be creative. So then I tell her about the sibling, and I tell her about my father, and she's wild, as she always is, and... Um, I listen to what she says and it takes me four months to write my sibling a letter and I wrote it in pure love I was like I, I love you I don't know what I did I didn't think there would be anything in this world ever to separate us but whatever I did I apologize I've been reaching out to you for years but I am going to leave you alone um, just wanted to let you know you were the best sibling that anybody could have ever asked for and I released them and what I did I had a funeral for them and I mourned and I sobbed for days I was sad because my sibling is gone I know that they're still alive living well happy prospering we have mutual acquaintances. I know they're doing well, you know. But for me, mentally and emotionally, they don't exist on this earth anymore. On this earth. So I can talk to them like I do everybody else who, is, who I've lost that's in heaven, I hope. And that's exactly what I do. I haven't reached back out, not once. No phone call, no text messages, nothing because you're no longer here. I had a funeral for the living in order to save myself because I was drowning in depression. I was so sad. I was so sad. But once I had that funeral and the mourning became less and less and then it became good memories just like anybody else who's deceased in my life. 
the memories became good. I didn't worry anymore about why this person wasn't talking to me, what I did, why do you hate me? I stopped worrying about that. Now, it took even longer for me to reach out to my father. It wasn't until last year I reached out to him. It was actually around October of last year when I finally reached out and he was not receptive of anything I said. Everything I said was not true. It was a lie. I've never said this. I've never done that. And I already knew it was a lie. And then turned it around and made it about him. I didn't foresee that, but it didn't bother me either. I was smiling in my heart because I released what I was feeling so deep set for two decades now almost. I released it. And the weight just lifted from my heart. Now, I didn't kill him off, (laughs) but I did release him. I released him from me ever expecting a, a Mother's Day call from him because this year, every year, he makes sure to call my mom and both my kids. Well, my, my youngest, my 23-year-old, just had a baby, but he's always called my daughter, my oldest, and my mom. He doesn't call me, and I'm okay with that now. I promise I'm okay. He doesn't call me on my birthday or greet me or anything like that or Christmas or Thanksgiving, and I'm okay now. Up until a couple of years ago, I really wasn't okay. I thought I was okay, but I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. This is how I know I'm okay. This is how I know I can say I'm okay. I didn't even think about him calling me on Mother's Day. I sent a message to my friend Russell and said, I am shocked I did not hear from you on Mother's Day. That meant more to me. But I I did not think of him at all until he called my daughter because she was in my presence and she said oh hi pop and I was like oh that's nice and I went on about my business because it's not my business to worry about him and who he's calling and what he's doing I'm okay with that I'm in the business of minding my own business so the lack of love and care there is not my business anymore because I released him I released him. On the flip side, if he calls me, I will answer because I'm still respectful and I am still his daughter. He's never rude. He's never nasty, ever. It's always I love you and and laughter and this and that, but I know what I know. So sometimes, you guys, you have to have a funeral for the living so that you can live. I'll say that again. You have to have a funeral for the living. I wrote this in my first book over 12 years ago. You have to have a funeral for the living so that you can live a full and productive life. Because if you let naysayers, haters, negative Nancys, (laughs) just nasty bobs keep hurting you and pushing you deeper and deeper in depression, You're losing. You're losing. They're winning. How many times have you ever had somebody, you're in a good mood. You know, you're listening to some Yolanda Adams on the radio or something or in your car or in your office or 
on your phone, whatever, and then somebody says something rude or mean or nasty, your whole disposition changes. And they go on about their business, but now you're sad or you're angry or you're upset or, you know, you're, you're, your disposition totally changed because you just gave that person all your joy. I know I used to do it. I go to work in the best mood, in the best mood. And my boss would say something out of pocket and it would upset me and I'd go off on him first, but my whole disposition would be changed for the rest of the day. I just gave this man all my joy and I spoke about that last week. Do not give your joy to people who didn't bring you any in your life. I'm giving you my joy and you don't bring any, we don't eat together, we don't break bread, you don't sleep with me, you don't pay for anything I do in a day, none of that. You bring me no joy, but I'm giving it to you. We got to stop letting people win. We're the winners. You're the winner. Tell yourself every day, I'm a winner. When somebody does something crazy, just laugh and say, boy, last week, that would have been your your butt. Say it. Say it. Y'all know what I, I started to say. I think I got the first two letters out. But do not let people who mean you no good steal all of your joy. You have people in your life that you think are your friends. Even from childhood, they're not your friends. They have some resentment. They have some jealousy, hostility. For whatever reason, you've got to recognize that for what it is. Everybody in your life should have their own place. I have people in my life I know love me, but they still would like to see me not do so well. I have a place for them. I have people in my life that love me and only want to see me win. I have a place for them. I have people that I have to deal with on a daily basis that hate to see me coming. Hate to see me coming. I have a place for them. But all three sets of those people, they can't break me. The ones I spoke of second would never try to break me. That's why they have a special place. Those are my references. Those are the people you hear me talk about all the time because growing up, I had a couple of really good friends growing up. I don't remember a lot about my childhood, and I say that all the time. I'm not sure what kind of trauma I went through that I haven't spoken about, but there's something that prevents me from remembering a lot of the aspects of my childhood. But one childhood friend I had for years and years and years and years and decade and turned out to be nothing like I thought she would be when we were adults. You know, she turned out to be actually someone who told me they loved me and they'd look out for me, but was hurting me. Or better yet, a friend I got as a young adult who I loved dearly, had access to my kids, my family, my home, everything, was silently just behind the scenes running me over and over and over and over. So I've learned to keep people in a certain place until I feel comfortable moving forward. And I'm okay with never having another friend in my life. I'm blessed. I have four friends. 
I'm super blessed. Super blessed. Some people cannot say that they think they have friends. You guys, be there for your sisters and your brothers. Be there for each other. Be there for your family. Whether God gave them to you or God gave them to you. One you were born into and one he gave you and said, this is somebody you can trust. They're going to love you. They're going to be there for you. Don't treat them wrong. Be good to them and they're going to be good to you. Recognize that when it happens. Recognize that. But more than that, from the time you were a child. No, I'm not going to say from the time you were a child. From the time I was a child. There's always been somebody that dogged me out. It was the same person. And I can't get rid of them because they're in my family. The only person I was telling my husband the other day, or today actually, that growing up, nobody was ever mean to me. They didn't call me any kind of names. You know how kids get mad at you and they call you names and um, talk about your hair or your teeth or your skin or your clothes, whatever. That never, ever happened to me. The only person who put me down and was nasty about me was in my family. Of course, now that I'm older, I've had friends that aren't really friends and some don't even know that I know what I know. Everybody doesn't need to know everything you know. I learned that from my husband. Everybody does not need to know all your thoughts and feelings. Just hold it in sometimes. Smile and wave. And pray for those people. But the ones God gave you as a reference, you hold dearly to them. You hold on. You have their back the way they have your back. And especially, my husband has childhood friends. Who has that? He has friends that he went to school with and they are still homeboys to this day. I told him I've never seen or heard of such a thing in my life. But now I'm meeting more and more people that have had the same friends since they were young I think that's a beautiful thing it's beautiful but you guys do not be afraid to have a funeral for the living if it's going to save you and your mental health if it's going to save your kids and their mental health if it's going to break generational curses if it is going to keep you from being depressed and full of anxiety do what you have to to do for you I don't mean for any kids listening your mama done put you on punishment and took your phone so now you're killing her off in your head that's not what I mean I mean people who mean you no good who have treated you so bad you can't sleep at night you're so depressed because these are people you can't really really get rid of but you can get rid of them you can get rid of them for your own mental health. Now, a young lady um, that I mentor, her daughter just recently tried to commit suicide and she called me all to pieces, just crying, crying, crying. Before she tried to commit suicide, she ran away and she was missing for a couple of days. And when she was brought back home, you know, her mom was livid, livid mad, livid, livid, livid. And the next day, the daughter tried to kill herself, and the mom called me, and she was just telling me how she was raised and how her mother treated her. And 
you know, just talked about her like a dog and treated her bad and still treats her bad, lives here, you know, comes around and talks crazy to her. And and she found herself not only doing the same to her daughter, but beating her on top of that, beating her for everything, with anything. Got a belt, a shoe, a bottle, or an extension cord, a computer, a, a pot, whatever. Just beating her, taking out all her frustrations on her poor 13-year-old baby. So I listened to her, and I told her, you're so lucky and blessed. You're so lucky and blessed. And I know she was thrown off. I said it three times before. She said, Miss Sonia, my daughter tried to kill herself. I don't know if you heard me. I said, yeah, I heard you. But I also heard you recognize what the problem is. So now you can fix it. Now you can fix it. So many people abuse their kids and the kids grow up just messed up and don't know why. And the parents don't even understand why their kids are so messed up and they still treating them bad. But you recognize it. Your mom didn't. So now it's time to do something about it. Praise God. Now it's time to do something about it. Now it's time to get that counseling. Let your kids get counseling on their own. You get counseling on your own. And then y'all come together and get some family counseling. It might be time to have a funeral for your mom after you try to talk to her and reason with her. And if she doesn't want to listen to you like you tell me she generally doesn't, you might have to let her go. Because she's bringing a lot of pain, animosity, and hatred into your household. Once you get that counseling, and you and your kids are getting that counseling, now you have to tell yourself daily. Give yourself some affirmations and teach your daughter and your sons to give themselves the same kind of affirmations. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're kind. You're loyal. The same things my daughter told me. You do that every single day. This girl is gorgeous, you guys. She's absolutely not dead gorgeous naturally. I was like, you look at yourself. You got to look at yourself. Give yourself a hard look and tell yourself all these positive things. And then when you walk out of that room and you see your kids, you tell them those positive things. That's one thing I know I was good at as a mom. Telling my kids how proud I was of them all the time. How beautiful they were are still and they really are beautiful if y'all have ever seen my kids so what a blessing they are to me I've never raised my voice at my kids I've never cursed them never called them out of their name but I said what I said and I meant everything that came out of my mouth just about I had my faults but treating my kids badly like that was never one of them but I told her you take these steps and every day Every day you keep taking those steps. Apologize to your daughter. Let her know how wrong you were. and She doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Let her know how much you love her and how necessary she is. How you were blessed the day you had her. Because that, my dear, is how you break these generational curses. That, my dear, is how you start anew, a fresh anointed wind blowing in your life that my dear is called agape love 
And that's what you want to give your kids. Because eventually one day your child might have kids of her own. And if you were to continue to go down that road, it would be just probably another cycle of abuse. Mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is, another cycle. There's nothing wrong with a parent apologizing to a child at all. It shows your children you're human and you do make mistakes, but you own up to them. And it helps them learn to own up to their mistakes. Not try to find excuses when they do something wrong because they don't ever want to be wrong. I've been that person. Never wanting to be wrong. Upset when I'm wrong. Because I've been put down so much in my life that when I think I've got something going right and I'm wrong, it, it breaks me. At least it used to. Now I'm like, oh man, I, <laughs> I was wrong. Let's move on. It's different. Because when you start speaking positivity into your life and God surrounds you with these beautiful people that speak positivity into you, they breathe fresh air. You know that they're not going to desert you just because you're wrong. You know they're not going to desert you just because you've made mistakes. Because believe it or not, they're human too and they've made mistakes and they've been wrong and they will continue to be wrong and they'll continue to make mistakes. It's okay. That's called life. So do what you have to do for you and your families. Whether it's your references, make sure that whomever you consult with is going to be honest with you in love even if they're going to tell you what you don't want to hear or don't need to hear, as long as they are being honest and they're doing it in love, that's just the way it is. Don't call five people looking for one answer and the first four didn't give it to you. So the fifth one did and that's what you want to go with now. All you're doing is being messy. Don't do that. If you trust somebody enough to drop your burden on them for the moment, and ask their opinion. Take it to heart. Take it to heart. Even if it's not what you wanted to hear. You take that to heart. Otherwise leave people alone. They got other things to do than waste 30 minutes. An hour, hour and a half, two hours on the phone. Listening to you. Wanting to hear attaboys. Don't call me. Because I'm always going to be honest. But if you want to hear the truth. Call me. I know who I call. Well, I really don't call anybody. But when I want to hear the truth about something, after I've prayed about it and I really feel like I'm lost, I go to my husband. Here lately a couple of times, I've, I've called a really good friend. I'm not going to say her name because you guys are tired of it. But I've called her. And I've, I've talked to her. Because I know whatever she says is out of love. Get the counseling. Now, when I worked for the Department of Health, um, I was overwhelmed. I was a director over um, HIV, STDs, and PrEP and MPEP. You know, going to all these hospitals and, and making sure people are in compliance and making sure they understand these diseases. And I had four managers that reported to me eight supervisors that reported to them and a plethora of people that 
report it to the supervisors and it's overwhelming you know I, I found myself going to work at six in the morning coming home at nine at night not taking a lunch and I was stressed I was trying to be the best in the country which we were for three years but it took a lot of stress and, and anxiety and, and I mean it was sad but our HR department recommended, and I'm laughing now, but they recommended that I, I call, you know, we have something free, it's called EAP, and you can call a counselor and get free counseling, you know, you can go to them or you can do it over the phone or whatever, and I opted for the first couple of sessions to do it over the phone, and when I tell you guys, this lady was the most negative person, she told me, you need to leave that job immediately, these people are horrible. How dare they let you work this much? It was all negative. And some of the things she was saying were right now. But everything she said was negative. I felt worse after talking to her. If you seek any kind of counseling or therapy and that person does not make you feel better. And I don't mean because they're trying to give you a better point of view. But they're just negative. Quickly leave them. Quickly. I don't care what field it is. I don't care what field it is. Everybody's not called to do. It's not just preachers that aren't called to do, you know, by God what they're doing. It's everybody. You ever go through a McDonald's drive-thru and that worker is all nasty and rude? Yeah, they weren't called to be there. They should be working from home doing some kind of customer service. They shouldn't be working with people. You ever go through a Walmart line or you're in Walmart and you ask somebody for help and they look at you and say, I don't work in this section and walk away? Well, maybe they belong at Walmart, but you'll never go to Target and see that, right? Or you ever, like, ask somebody their opinion and you're trying to tell them something bothering you and then they start telling you all this negative stuff and speaking badly about the person you were just getting help with, that's not the person you reach out to anymore. So everybody's not called to do everything, but the ones who are called will do it and they will do it well, whether you like what they say or not, all right? But believe me, my last example, because I had this happen last year, you ever go to a doctor and their bedside manner is horrible. They really aren't paying attention to you. They're, they're not, uh, I'm going to tell you this quick story and I'm going to end this, but I went to see a doctor. Um, I had high anxiety and I thought it was something else, but I would shake real bad. My legs, I'd lose the ability to use my legs and there's a whole story behind that. But I go see him and he recommends all these tests and medications and all this stuff. So I went and took a couple of the tests, but one of them, my insurance called and said, you don't need this test. This is crazy. He had you do this, this, this. That's good enough. This test is unnecessary. He's doing this because he gets a higher rate or something for doing this. So I called the office and let him know, okay, I'm not doing this one because the insurance said this. So... I had a follow-up appointment. I go to this appointment, Dr. Cutie's office, and I hear him loudly asking somebody, what was I doing there? He did not want to see me. Tell me to go away. So him and the girl are, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. So when he finally comes in the room, I'm looking at him like he's crazy. And he looks at me. He's like, 
yes, so you didn't take the test. And I said, yeah, the insurance said I didn't need to take it. I said, but were you just talking about me out there? And I can't remember what he said, but whatever he said and whatever I said afterwards, all I seen was red. I got up. He backed up. I said a few more things to him. And when I'm mad, I speak very calmly. And when I was walking out, the poor lady had a stack of papers, no exaggeration, at least 12 inches high on her desk. I used both hands to push all these papers on the floor. Was I wrong? Heck yeah, I was wrong. But I was mad, right? This man did exactly what I tell you guys not to let people do. I let him take all my joy because I could have just laughed at him and said, you know what? I'm out of here. He actually tried to charge me for that. It's on my credit report right now because I refused to pay it. I called the insurance company, told them what happened, called this, called that, and somehow it still ended up on my credit report. I don't know how, but the bottom line is he had no bad side manner. There's no way he should have been talking about anybody loud enough for other people to hear him. It's just ridiculous. Everybody's not called to do what they do is my entire point. But once you find the people who are called and they're good at what they do, respect that. Be glad that you are in the few people who are blessed enough to have people in your corner that mean you good. Every day we know people have fake friends that talk about them behind their back. Family members that talk about them behind their back. Church members that talk about them behind their back. Enough is enough. We can make choices to live our lives in a totally different positive way. As long as you remember, none of us are perfect. Things are going to go wrong. And it's okay. Surround yourself with like-minded people positively. Okay, you guys, that's it for today. I greatly appreciate you all. As always, I'm Sonya.McQueen at ledbymotivation.com. Sonya McQueen on Facebook and Instagram. Much love.